Well, fantastic to be here tonight with you all. And just want to start with some prayer tonight. And that is, I love what um, uh, Beth started with tonight. And that was um, talking about expectation. And if you don't expect anything, you're not going to receive anything. So I want to ask you, not just for now, but for 2017. What are you expecting God to do in 2017? What are you expecting God to do? Because if we expect nothing, we'll get nothing. And I think it's, it's too important as believers to not miss the years that we have. Because if you've been in church for any length of time, you'll know, well, I've seen the years go, and I've seen the years go, and I've seen the years go. They're all behind us. But if we really analyze where we are today, we, we think that, well, maybe I haven't moved for a long, long, long time. And you know what? God's really good at bringing us to catch up. God's really good at bringing us to catch up. So I want to encourage you today, start expecting something. We're going to start the year right tonight. We're going to start the year by saying, God, I'm expecting something. So why don't you stand again? I know you've just had a rest, but stand again. And I want to lead us in prayer. And I want you to, to start praying out loud. If, you're, if you need expectation for your family, if you need expectation for a new job, if you need expectation for, for whatever it is that, that you need in your life, uh, uh, to go somewhere new in God, that's a good expectation to have. Then I want to encourage you today, start to cry out to God and start to believe God for things that you could never uh, imagine for yourself. But when you speak it out, I want you to write it down tonight and say, God, I, I, I'm writing this down. I'm going to not give up. I'm going to believe you. And I'll tell you, if you've been fasting and praying with us this day, we don't want to write down just fantasy. We want to write down God's purpose for our life tonight. So dear Heavenly Father, we just want to pray today. Lord, we want to pray over One Heart Church. We want to pray for miracles and breakthroughs to happen. We want to pray that people's lives will be changed every day. Lord, we want to pray, Father, that over this place we'll see the kingdom of God falling. We'll pray, Lord God, over this place that we'll see miracles of provision and power coming into people's lives, into their families. We just pray that in Jesus' name. Lord, let there be the mighty power of your Spirit moving upon us, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Why don't you take your seats again? One of the things I've read this week, um, do you know it's been our fifth year of praying and fasting at the start of the year? This is our fifth year running. And um, it's not that it's a plan or that, that we think, but, but I, I just think it's a, a really good idea to start the year off in prayer and fasting and getting our spirits right before God. But uh, one of the first years that we did, I just went through uh, some of my notes. And one of the first things that God spoke to me was, was uh, I don't know if you remember the story of Mary, where the angel met her bef you know, before she was uh, married and before she uh, had relations with a man. And the angel says, you're going you're to have a baby, you're going to call it Jesus and all this. And she's like, I'm just this, uh, maybe a teenage kid, I can't do this. And it's impossible. But then, because she says to him, but, but I've never been with a man. And at the end of her, her, her conversation with the angel, she says, may everything you've said about me come true. And she, she gets the promise of God and she says, well, okay, then whatever you've said about me, may that come true. And I'll tell you, if we could adopt that, that was, I think, my first message after prayer and fasting five years ago. And, and uh, it seems to have gone so quickly. But uh, I, I just believe that if we could get that, 
the contrast of that, God came through a man. He sent an angel to a man uh, around about the same time, maybe a little bit before by the, by the records. A man called Zechariah, who happened to be the, the uh, officiating high priest. He goes into the Holy of Holies and the angel's waiting there for him. Could you imagine that? You come into church and behind the curtain, uh, behind the, the wall there, there's an angel hiding. So when Jimmy comes to turn on the sound, it's like, hi. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, Zechariah, it says, he, he, the angel says, your, your wife's going to have a, have a baby, your wife's going to have a son, and you're going to call him this and that. And he says, oh, but he starts saying, oh, but how can that ever happen? But you know what happened in Zechariah's case? God shut his mouth. The angel shut his mouth and stopped him talking for nine months. Because the key that I want you to see there is you can talk yourself out of God's plan by negative words, by saying things that just aren't necessary sometimes. So you can talk yourself out of the, the purpose that God has for your family, the purpose that God has for your, for your life, because you're talking out of what God is saying, I'm doing. So I want to encourage you today to be a person who says, God, don't shut my mouth, but may my mouth speak what you're wanting to do in my life. So if you're always talking that you're a loser, then you're going to get more loser stuff. You want to be talking, I'm a winner. I'm, I'm, I'm called to this. I'm going to be the boss here. I'm going to be the king. Or whatever it is that, you're going to say, that you need to say. That you're the head and not the tail, whatever it is. We don't, we're not going to be the king because that'll be hard living in England. But, but I love these nights. Last year, uh, born out of uh, prayer and fasting, the, the, the Lord gave me that theme of the word grow and growing. And this year I feel the Lord has given me a, a new word for the future and that's free and freedom. And I want to speak about this on Sunday a bit more but I don't, I'll probably let out too much of it tonight and then you would have heard it twice. But rather than this being a whole new direction from, from the grow theme, um, I found a thesaurus. I've got one in my office. It's brand new and I thought, I'm going to look at this. It's brand new for about seven years but never look at it. And, it's, and I looked at the word free and... Uh, and some other words that mean the same thing. It's, it's curious to me. One of the things that, 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 that free means is to enlarge. It means, so I think with this free message, this freedom message is going to continue us growing in the things of God on that same thing. It means to liberate. It means, it means these things. Oh, this is going to be so much fun this year looking at this because you're going to have, you're going to have uh, the free message like 923 like we did last year with growing. But uh, it, means, it means to be eager and it means to be ready. And I want us to be a free church that is eager and ready for the things of God. Not speaking out words of negativity that's, that keep us where we've always been, but speaking words of faith and vision and life that take us where we never could believe we could have ever gone. But I, wanna, I just want to take this chance to, to thank everybody who's come out to pray and to fast. And uh, if you've only missed one meal, that's okay. If you didn't miss any meal, that's okay too. But if you've prayed and said, God, I want to be part of what you're doing in the world today, then God bless you. I want to say a really, really big thank you to you for being a part of this week and being involved. So uh, it's great to seek God because I know when we, when we set our face towards God, we might only, might only get one gem, might only get one little thing, but it'll be worth a ton. It'll be worth a lot. So... If you have your Bibles with you today, you can turn to, turn to John chapter 21, verse 15, or you can look at it on the screen there. Who's thinking of breakfast tomorrow morning? I certainly am. But after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, 
Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? And he's asking this question, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than others, in other words? Jesus is wanting to make sure something in Peter is there. He's trying to make sure that Peter's got something inside of him. And it's a love commitment. He's looking for a love commitment. Jesus is saying, do you love me more than these? It's the primary commitment to the call of God, to the, to the, to the ministry, to the purpose of God in you. The primary thing that Jesus is trying to lay the foundation for Peter's future ministry and purpose is do you love me? And do you love me more than these? I mean, in, we could slightly change it today and say, do you love me more than any, anything else? And Peter's like, yeah, of course I, I, of course I love you, Jesus. So Jesus is looking for the heart motivation in Peter and he takes his time to find, to find that. And Jesus will often take time in our lives for the same reason. So we might be thinking, God, why hasn't this happened yet? God, why haven't you noticed me? Um, Lord, when's my time? And I know lots of people who, who will come and talk to uh, pastors and, and leaders will often say, well, when's my turn? When's my day going to come? When am I going to be set free of all these things? You know what? Jesus will often take time in our lives for the same reason because he wants to hear the right thing. John 21 verse 16, if I move along one, it says Jesus repeated the question. It says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Today's a very basic message, very, very basic message, but I hope we can get something really strong in our spirits tonight. So Jesus came back to Peter a second time with the same question. Do you love me? Then take care of my sheep. So Peter is thinking, okay, you said lambs last time. Now it's the sheep. Peter says, my answer is still yes, Jesus. My answer is still yes. Here's, here's a point. See, too many of us, too many of us in church just don't seem to get we don't get this but here tonight I hope you you can get this this key point when there is a yes to love it carries responsibility when there is a yes to love Jesus it carries a responsibility in your life yes Jesus I love you equals Luke 14 verse 27 and if you don't carry your cross or carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. It's about becoming a burden bearer of the call of God upon your life. Yes, to love Jesus carries responsibility to feed, uh, to feed and nurture and protect and serve others. Others who aren't even your responsibility sometimes. It doesn't mean we all have to become pastors. It means we all have something to give that we have to the house of God because you have something that God has given you that no one else can bring God has got something that he's given you that no one else has and you need to say well God what is that thing and how do I work that into your kingdom plans in John chapter 21 verse 17 this is interesting it says a third time 
Who gets annoyed when someone asks you, hey, did you set the table yet? Yeah, I did. You know I did. Oh, did you put the napkins out? Stop asking. You know that gets really annoying when someone keeps asking the same question. And here Peter has Jesus, the Son of God, who's glorified, saying to him, do you love me? And I'm thinking, you know, Peter, it says here, let's read it out. It says, a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Look at that reaction that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Third time. Now, Jesus, you're starting to mess with me. You're starting to get annoying, Jesus. It says Peter was hurt. In the King James Version, it uses the words grieved. I was hoping it would say something like sorely vexed, but it didn't. I'll have to write that one. Peter, unlike us, wasn't quick with the uptake. Peter wasn't recognizing what Jesus was actually asking out of him. He's, and, and I mean, we're quicker than Peter, I know that, so, so we won't do the same mistakes there. But Peter, unlike us, was quick with the up, he wasn't quick with the uptake. Jesus often put service before us, uh, opportunities before us, but we don't always recognize what he's, what he's wanting us to do. We can't see what he's meaning. And Peter was hurt that Jesus had to ask him three times the same question. And some people Jesus has, to, has asked the questions 10 to 100 times. Where he just keeps putting things before us, putting things there for us to, to, to take up and to look at. And oftentimes we think, yes, Jesus, we love you. How dare you ask me another time? But Jesus is asking a question that he just wants an answer for. That's where Peter... <clears throat> That's where Jesus. Uh, sorry, that's where Peter was. It could have been a good place uh, at that time for Peter to jump off this Jesus bandwagon because he was hurt by Jesus. And very often, people do get hurt in church. Do people do get hurt by their leaders? People do get hurt by other people in church. And often, it can be the the the, the that moment between going into something. Uh, amazing and great, and there's this little challenge point before you take that step. We don't want to miss that opportunity. But Jesus asked the question directly, relating, connecting love for him to feeding the sheep. It's like, do you love me? Then you've got to serve people. And I think Jesus was seeking a yes from Peter, something like, yes, Jesus, I will. Yes, Jesus, I will feed your sheep. So Peter has this question three times and, and three times he doesn't recognize what Jesus is looking for is a yes. He says, you know I love you. You know I love you. Jesus said, do you love me? You know I love you. But he never comes to that, to that statement and say, yes, I'll feed the sheep. And what I want to put to you tonight is we can say, well, we, we love Jesus, we go to church, but will you feed the sheep? Will you do whatever it is that Jesus is asking you to do today at One Heart Church in 2017 for the future, for, for who knows what God wants to do in that thing? It's how we go from the, this, this thing of, of saying yes to Jesus. It's how we go from believing to bearing a burden. And Jesus wants to take you on a journey of not just believing in him, but carrying a burden 
carrying a burden for the call of God, carrying a burden for your life, for the purpose of why you were put on earth. You've got to go from just being a believer to bearing a burden for the Lord. Jesus was placing the call of God upon Peter and it began with a commitment to love him. So just close your eyes right now and say, Jesus, if you're calling me to anything, I just want to love you. Let's pray right now, Jesus. If you're calling us to anything, if you're calling me to anything right now, then Lord, I just pray that I may anchor this thing firmly in my spirit, that first I must love you. That first I must love you above all other things, more than others. Lord, I just pray, descend upon us that, that, that reality of love that you're looking for. Thank you, Jesus. So when Jesus, let's move on, when Jesus calls, the timing will be wrong. Oftentimes when Jesus is really calling you, the timing will be wrong. You say, I just started a new job. When Jesus is calling you, and you might say, well, I want you to give your car away. And you think, but Lord, I just got a new one. It won't be, it won't be the right time when Jesus calls. It won't be convenient. And it could come at a time when you are hurt in ministry, when you're hurt in church. Because I, I know oftentimes some of the most fruitful seasons of, of ministry in people's lives have come straight after they've been rejected or they've been hurt or they've been, they've been uh, somehow disaffected by, by church machinery. So when Jesus places his call to serve before any one of us, it will be challenged by some of those questions or some of those statements. The timing's wrong. It's not time to go to Port Lincoln now. God, I just got an awesome government job. Why should I go now? It's not time, Lord God, to, to, to serve you. God wants us to, to be ready at his call. Let me throw a totally random thing now, and I'm not preaching for very long tonight, so you'll all be happy about that. But let me throw a totally random thing at you now. Some Old Testament to, to finish off with. When Jesus is, is talking with us, he's looking for the yes. And we find ourselves confronted by the voices. Here's just a you know, random thing here, the voices of Assyria. So when Jesus is looking for the yes, we often find ourselves confronted by the voices of Assyria, thinking, what's that? I have preached on this before, many years ago. Isaiah 36, verses 16 to 17, I haven't got a, I don't think I have a, no, I haven't. It says, the king of Assyria comes to the people of Jerusalem, the, 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 the people who are living in the, 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 the city of Jerusalem. And he says, don't listen to Hezekiah. I want you just to you know, take a license here tonight and say, we'll replace Hezekiah's name and make it uh, relevant to us and say, don't listen to Jesus and and." This king of Assyria is like the devil. And he says, don't listen to Jesus. These are the terms the king of Assyria is offering. These are the terms the devil wants to offer you. These are the terms. You can, you can go water skiing any day you want. You can have your time, have your place, have your friends, turn up late for church, all those sorts of things. It's, it's, these are my terms. So he says, make peace with me. Open the gates and come out. Then each of you can continue eating from your own grapevine and fig tree. 
and drinking from your own well. And then I will arrange to take you to another land like this one, a land of grain and new wine, bread and vineyards. Now you might think, well, what's so strange about that? See, the king of Assyria or the devil wants to come at you when Jesus asks a question to say, will you give me a yes? Will you serve me? Will you give me your life to build my kingdom? The devil will come and say, you know what? I can offer just as good. That's what the king of Assyria is saying. I can, you know, my, my purpose can be just as good as God's. The, the, you take my way and it'll be just as good as anything you can get in God. But see, the people of Israel were in the promised land already that God had promised and had given them. And here's this king saying, well, I'll give you something else just as good. And sometimes in life, we can, tr we can live with a comparison between, well, well what's, what's best for me in God and what's, what's the world saying? What's the, what's the devil planning for me? And we can, it always looks nice. It always looks attractive. Who doesn't want to take the easy way? Who doesn't want to say, well, but there comes a time where you've got to let some things die so that you can take up the yes. Is it making sense? You see, this, it's a spirit thing that gets on you, this, this, this Assyrian business. It's a spirit that gets on you that will deceive you and want to control you. And you become, a, you become like a slave to it. It says, uh, don't listen to Jesus. Don't give him a yes. See, Assyria promotes itself as good as God's calling. But you know something? There's nothing can replace God's calling in your life. Nothing comes close to the satisfaction you get from, from finding yourself in the purpose and in the direction that God is, is leading you into. Assyria is a metaphor of ungodly wisdom. And sometimes we can, we can be speaking ungodly wisdom. That's why Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, God closed his mouth so he wouldn't speak ungodly wisdom and ruin the destiny of the world. So ungodly wisdom, that's things that sound plausible to our minds but is contrary and destructive to our spirit. Sounds, sounds reasonable. Sounds, sounds logical. Sounds respectable. But sometimes those things can war against the spirit of the Holy Spirit, of, of God who wants to lead us on into new and better things. So by offering terms that seem reasonable to our thinking, it leads a it leads us to a no to Jesus. When Jesus is saying, do you love me? Will you, serve my Will you feed my sheep? We're saying, but, but there's, there's another offer here. I don't have to do it that way, do I? I'll, I'll find another way to, to please God. See, yes, yes, Jesus comes with responsibility to serve in his kingdom. So, Realistically, what I'm trying to bring us to tonight and to this year, and I hope it's a revelation, not a, reg a regulation, because we don't want to rule the church by regulation. We want to see revelation. We want to see revelation. Jesus, when he says, when he's looking for the yes, it comes with a responsibility to serve in his kingdom. I'll leave that up for a little bit longer. Make that sink in or let that sink into your spirit for 2017. A yes to Jesus comes with responsibility to serve in his kingdom. And that's the thing that 
was lacking while Jesus had to keep asking Peter three times. And that's the thing is, don't ever think, well, I've missed my chance. Well, maybe I'll never get another one. No, Jesus always comes back. He always comes back. He always comes back. And you know what? Peter never even gave him the answer in the end. He just said, you know, I love you, Lord. But I think Peter's thinking, but I don't want to feed any sheep. Maybe Peter's thinking, I don't even know what you're trying to mean, Jesus, because they're the ones who go to Jesus all the time saying, what did you mean when you said that? And then at the end of the story, the amazing part about the end of this story, it says even after Jesus asked him three times, he says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He says, um, well, Jesus says, yes, you're gonna, you know, I'm going to use you. I'm going to, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're going to die for me and, and I'm going to stay with you till, the, till that time and all that. Then he says, oh, well, what, what about Carlos? You're thinking, Jesus must have been thinking... Can we start again? But I want to pray for people tonight. Can I just have some music back, please? Jesus, when we have a yes, we can take that right to the first point of our salvation. When we make that yes decision for Jesus, it comes with a responsibility. It comes with an expectation from God that we join his kingdom and become active in that. So I want to pray tonight because I know there are people here today and you've set a course to serve God. You've set a course in your life to say, God, I want to serve you. You've already crossed the line and you're not going back. You thought to yourself, no, I can't go back. I'm not going to go back. Why don't we just stand to our feet right now? Thank you. There's a yes in your spirit. There's a yes in your heart. And you mean it. Then what the Lord will want to remind you today or do in you tonight He wants, he wants you to see. He wants you to see not what you know or what you think, but what you could never know on your own. I know as a young man in my early, early experience with God, I, I was pretty casual towards the things of God. But little by little, God started to show me pictures. God started to show me things that seemed impossible, that seemed crazy, that seemed like that would never happen. And I'd go to Youth Alive, I'll just if I can share my own stories, I'd go to these Youth Alive rallies in, in Melbourne and there'd be thousands of people there. And not, not to say that I'd preach to, to these big crowds like that, but, but God, I'd be hearing these preachers preaching and God saying to me, like, you're going to be a preacher one day. You're going to preach one day. I didn't hear a voice, it was just something, an inner, an inner thing. And I'm like, but I can't even, I can't even talk in a home group and, and put my things together. That'll never happen, God. But when you put yourself in the place of God's presence, He'll speak into your life. When you put yourself regular in, in, the, in a place of faith, where you're surrounded by other people of faith. That's why fellowship and church is so important. Because when you disconnect yourself from that, you say, oh, well, I'll just, 
I'm just casual attender. I just come when it's convenient. I just come if I wake up on time. You know something? You miss those, that, those times. The Bible talks about line upon line, precept upon precept. And, and God wants to build something weekly, daily with you. And when you come together, it's like going to a place of, of, of super energy. You're coming into a place of, of faith. And God will clarify the call. God will, God will speak more, you know, more deeper. So tonight, I'm going to invite you to come. I know, that, I know, you know, maybe some people up there on the stage you can come too. But the Holy Spirit wants to do something fresh. The Lord wants to hear the yes. And I guess maybe in some senses we've accepted in church these days, in our modern church, that we can say, well, we can just create a church for the spectator. We can just create a church for the attender and make it nice and comfortable and all that sort of stuff. This is nice to do. But Jesus is asking you, do you love me? Do you love me? Then will you feed my sheep? That, what that feed sheep means to you is going to be different to what it means to me. But it is an act of service for the kingdom of God that builds God's kingdom, not your kingdom. That does God's purpose, not your purpose. That sees people as God's people, not your people. When you start to step into that, then I'll tell you what, the power of God will make, itself, will make himself clear in everything you do. Why don't we sing? And as we do, I'll just invite you to come.